Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. All this week in the lead up to the Oscars, we're taking a closer look at some of the films that are nominated for Best Picture with the film's directors, writers and targeted audience members. Today, we look at The Imitation Game, which tells the story of legendary codebreaker Alan Turing and the persecution he faced for being gay. Human brains can compute large sums very quickly. Even Hugh can do that. But I want Christopher to be smarter, to make a calculation and then uh, to determine what to do next, like a person does. The takeaways Kristen Meinzer and Rafer Guzman, both of the Movie Date podcast, interviewed director Morton Tildum and writer Graham Moore, the team behind The Imitation Game. Moore explained that he'd been a fan of Alan Turing's work even in childhood. I was this tremendous kind of computer nerd growing up. I went to space camp. All right. I went awesome. to computer programming camp. And, you know, among techie kids, Turing is this sort of tremendous inspiration, the sort of outsider's outsider, this guy who never fit in but was able to sort of see the world in a way that no one else had. And he was always, you know, as I got older and turned out to be a very, very, very bad computer programmer. Um, so I went and became a writer. Um, but after I became a writer, it was always like, how come no one has told Alan Turing's story on screen? It's this amazing true story that not a lot of people know. It felt like the sort of secret history of World War II, a secret history of computer science um, that had sort of been written out of a lot of kind of popularized narratives of both the war and of the development of computers. But it always seemed like it really deserved um, a proper sort of cinematic treatment. You know, the, the Imitation Game is one of uh, several biopics coming out right now, uh, and of course, all biopics usually get the uh, get the, the accuracy scrutiny treatment from the press, um, and you guys have gotten some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, fact checking with historical films is always a little bit. I think it's in some sense a misunderstanding of of how art works. Mm-hmm. Um, w- when you look at Monet's Water Lilies, they don't actually look like water lilies. They look like how it feels to look at water lilies. And the, the goal mm-hmm. of a film like this is to recreate the experience, to bring the audience into the mind of Alan Turing, while at the same time telling his story, you know, fairly and accurately and truthfully. All, all the major things are true. And, it, and but as, as Graham says, what, what, what you have to do is sort of capture the spirit of Alan Turing. But one of the things that some folks out there have criticized is that in capturing the spirit of Alan Turing, he wasn't depicted as, quote, gay enough in the film. And I'm sure you guys have heard about this, that some folks out there think that there should have been depictions of him actually with men in romantic ways in his adult life. And is that something that you considered when you were making the film? We had a huge discussion about this. I mean, I mean, the core of this film is an unfulfilled gay love. That is the core of it. And I think you actually would do great injustice to, to the character. You're saying because he's a gay man, you need to have random sex scene. I mean, if we're treating this character like we would treat him if he was a heterosexual character. You would uh, show what the narrative needs, what the, what the story needs. I mean, first of all, it's also he described Bletchley as a sexual desert. It's also <laughs> why he had, that's his own word and uh, uh-huh. how, how he described it. I think that Alan Turing is is gay in every single frame of the imitation game. Um, we just don't see him having sex, um, but that doesn't make him not gay. Like he's, he's, I think that's a reductive view of homosexuality and a reductive view of, of sexuality in general, that it's only about the act of sex. Where were you guys in your filming process, or if you were done, where were you 
when you heard the news that he had been posthumously pardoned by the Queen? It was like a month after we wrapped. I mean, which is great. I mean, in, it's great that he gets the attention to Alan Turing, uh, but in many ways, there's nothing to pardon him for. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, he never did anything wrong. It's the law, uh, you know, I mean, he was in some gross indecency yeah. uh, in the 50s, and just that was just for being a gay man, and that this law existed up until the mid-60s in the UK. So, I mean, it's 50,000 gay men was was uh, prosecuted by the same law and and uh, is that right fifty thousand fifty thousand they wow. should all been pardoned i mean it is and there's nothing to pardon him for uh and and uh, I mean I got this lovely email from uh, a man who says i'm a ninety two year old man I was you know prosecuted from the same law as Alan Turing for, for cross indecency and you know I watch a movie in tears and and it's and it's i'm I'm just thankful that it's that it shines a little light on 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 that great injustice to happen to so many men wow wow. Director Morton Tilden, writer Graham Moore of The Imitation Game, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you.